Hello and welcome back to Kevin Schuster's MMA Show. I'm here with Joey Alaberti. How are you today? I'm good, Kevin. It's it's actually sorry to kind of take this off track, but it's crazy how far we are into this semester. I know. I didn't even realize Matt, Max had what four or five weeks left of, yeah. of production. Oh man! But at the same time, it's good because we have four or five weeks of classes left. That is very true. <laughs> so it's a uh, it's. Uh, but I enjoy my classes for the most part. For the There's most part. For the most part. But. Um, but we're here to talk about MMA. UFC 267 was the return to Abu Dhabi. And man, was it really just rising stars um, showing up and, and showing out in, in all areas. I mean, we'll start with Hamzad Shamayev. So Li Jingliang, you know, he came into the fight. Everyone was saying, oh, wow, he has the knockout power, the ability to knock Hamzad out that his previous opponents didn't have, right? Um and Lee was able to throw one punch. Hamzat slipped it, took him down, and that was literally the end of the fight within five seconds. Even though it took him two minutes or so, the fight was over five seconds in. Um, just speak about his performance, really. In general, we have yet to see anyone or any of Hamzat Shemaev's opponents show any sort of competition. Any sort. I think he's let up what one strike, one significant strike. I I think in it four was four fights. I think it was two, but one punch. So okay. he is he has absorbed one punch in four UFC fights, and I think the ratio was something like two hundred and fifty to one in strikes landed <laughs> to absorb. Yeah, it makes no sense. And this is against the guy who is ranked number eleven. Obviously, that's going to change, but. There is a dire need now for people because I don't know what his schedule is going to be like for the rest of the year or just in in general going on going forward because we know at one point last year like he was going to be scheduled to fight like two guys at the same like have two scheduled fights at the same time which is unheard right. of. Um but now I think he needs to face one of those elite level people. Like he was supposed to face Leon and now Leon of course is booked with Jorge but there's still some fighters out there that are available. Michael Chiesa is available currently. That'd correct? be a good one. Wonder Boy, Gilbert Burns. I think Chiesa would be interesting just because of his grappling yeah. background. Would make it interesting because Hamzat's going to take him down. Yeah, they're getting to the floor eventually in that fight. But so. Hamzat doesn't need to take people down. He showed that against um, no Amir Sharp. But yeah, that was also one singular punch. So we that was at middleweight. That wasn't even at ba- I that understand. wasn't even at welterweight. I understand, but. It was one punch. Though. I know, and I get which is it's it's spectacular. It's spectacular a one punch knockout, but that doesn't necessarily show his full striking repertoire in just ten seconds. I know, but it shows the power that he has. Is what I'm trying to get. I at. know he has it. He does have. It seems like he has everything. He does. He is. A, he's a superstar on the rise. Like oh, his I, his um. Octagon interview was hilarious. <laughs> I eat everybody. I kill everybody. He's like, just comedy. The guy is really, really funny, and I think that he's going to have a lot of fans. He has over 2 million followers on Instagram. And his face-off with um, Lee Jingliang, is yeah. that how you pronounce it? Jingliang, yeah. Um, was the, easily the most viewed face-off, and I think it got like over a million within like 12 hours or something. And, and Lee did a really good job hyping that up, too. He yeah. w- he was getting in his face and showed showed no signs of remorse, which was actually really interesting. Um, but just the fact that Hamza was able to pick him up and take him over and taunt oh. Dana White while B 
beating up a ranked welterweight, like he needs to face someone elite. I mean, we immediately. The last time we saw that was Habib, and what happened? Three fights after that, he was fighting for a title, and, he's a and, and he was champion. So, I don't know if you can give him yet to to someone like Gilbert Burns because, it's like we were talking about before the show, it's really hard to judge how good someone is when they are fighting the um, lower, as in tenth, eleventh, twelfth ranked fighters. Um, it's just there is such a huge gap. So even though he's he's flatlining these people, it's still hard to to correctly judge I if he would it. if he would do well against the Gilbert Burns. Okay, so hypothetically in the Gilbert Burns fight. Would that be worst case scenario? Gilbert Burns wins by decision. I don't like. Okay, maybe he gets a, a knockout, but we haven't seen. We just haven't seen him faced against pressure where he's in a dangerous situation. Hamza. Yeah, no, he. I think he definitely should fight a Kiesa. Who's like ranked five or six? Wonder Boys five. Kiesa and Masvidal are both six right now, which is odd. Okay, they're just even. Um, then definitely that, because I'm trying to think of, like, the other hype trains, and the real only other one, I guess, would be McGregor, but he fought, I think it was a 9 or or 10, and then immediately fought Poirier, who was, like, 4, I think, at the time. Hmm. So, I don't see why they can't jump Shemaev all the way up to, uh, against the 4 They were going to jump Shemaev up to 3 in Leon yeah. Edwards, and so, then that fight got canceled. So, I'm thinking Kiesa or Wonderboy would be the matchups. Wonderboy would lose. Yeah, Nate I'm Diaz. <laughs> Wonderboy would lose. He would Nate lose. Diaz was also rumored too, which would just be so annoying. Like Nate Diaz is cool, but he would just destroy Nate Diaz. He would. No, there's no there's so many other fights for Nate. There's like a Masvidal rematch, there's a McGregor trilogy, there's Poirier, if Poirier beats Oliveira, there's there's no, plenty of Poir- other if more. If Poirier fun. faces Nate Diaz after beating Oliveira, if he loses to Oliveira and he faces Nate Diaz, sure. But if he beats Oliveira and then faces Nate Diaz, I don't know. I don't know. That doesn't sit well with me. Well, it's apparent Poirier's in for the money now. He know he knows his worth now, so <laughs> he's going after the money a little bit. And yeah. I, I mean, I give him credit. He de- he completely deserves it. Um, but I I think I could see a Diaz Poirier fight sometime in the future. I don't know if it would be at welterweight though. I guess it would. It would have to be. It it de- I feel like it definitely would be. I'd love to see Poirier fight at welterweight. Considering the guy weights two hundred pounds every day, he does not weigh two hundred <laughs> pounds every day. Well, Poirier versus Usman. Ah, we gotta we gotta see what happens. Uh, he has to December. get right. He has to get past Oliveira first, which I'm I still hold Oliveira in high regard, even though people I guess believe Poirier is by far the best in the division. But the real best fighter in the division apparently is Islam Makachev, <laughs> who completely dismantled Dan Hooker, who looked so promising a month ago. So promising because he literally shaped out his wrestling game, his offensive wrestling, and looked tremendous. Islam made it look too easy. Well, I'm going to go back and use the argument that you just made a couple minutes ago. Who <clears throat> did he win against? He just He's 1-3 in three in his past four. And Dan Hooker? One, yes. Mm-hmm. Losses to Dustin Poirier in a unanimous decision. Lost to Michael a war, though. in a first-round knockout. Yeah, a did war. You see what, did you see Poirier, what Poirier looked like at the end of the fight, though? I did. Okay. I did. Okay. But Poirier won those fourth and fifth rounds and showed that he was the better, more complete fighter, mainly on the ground. He got knocked out in the first round by Michael Chandler. And then he had a little bit of a rebound fight against Nazrat, as some on the show may remember. Like He's not a relevant, high-ranked lightweight like the rest of these guys. And then Islam, the buzzsaw that he is, just made easy work. Of Dan Hooker. Okay, let me let me 
explain here. Islam, obviously, he has he's in great relations with Khabib trains with them, right? They have the exact same style. We have seen that style that dominates these uh, lower-ranked fighters carry over throughout the entire division. You know what I mean? We saw we saw Khabib do it against unranked, 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 and then the first time he stepped up against a guy like Edson Barboza and Michael Johnson and then McGregor, crushed them all. Yeah. And that was just carrying over the same exact wrestling style that Islam is doing. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's why I think even though Hooker isn't highly ranked, it's really easy to tell that if Islam can take him down and, and completely dismantle him on the ground, that he will be able to do it to everyone else. I completely agree. I think he need, he will be the next in line for the championship. I think right now, though, he should face, because Poirier and Chandler, not Chandler, Oliveira, my apologies, are facing each other in December, we need to see Makachev versus uh, Benil Dariush. I think that would be very, very interesting. And that's the only fight that makes sense because he's the only fighter above Islam in the rankings right now that is not booked with the fight, whether it be this weekend or in December. And what a grappling war. They actually should just call that it. It should just be like a jujitsu match. <laughs> they shouldn't even punch each other. <laughs> they, I don't know if don't, either of them will throw a punch. Don't underestimate Islam's stand-up <laughs> game. Everyone, no, is, I know. everyone says a rat like that works with him says that he is a better striker than Khabib. I mean, well, <laughs> Khabib was not the best. But remember, it's because if if you're fighting these guys, you know eventually they're going for the double leg. They're taking you down easily. So you have to be prepared for it the whole time. And that just opens up the striking. Yes. So certainly that would help. But, right, maybe an Islam versus Khabib boxing match will be in the future. Then we can really tell who's the... Yeah. <laughs> Islam versus Poirier. Mm-hmm. Do you think Poirier wins that? No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't. Just because I, I, I'm just seeing Poirier versus Khabib in my head, and it's the same. I think yeah. the same thing happens. Poirier is, I think, actually better now than he was against Khabib. So it might take longer than uh, three rounds. I think it was three, right? Mm-hmm. Might be a fourth round or something, but... I've seen no flaws with Islam as of <laughs> as of yet. So yeah, no, no. I, but we'll see. I agree. I think he is the heir to the throne. I for sure, for sure. But moving right along to, I guess the most well-rounded and it was the longest performance of the night. But that definitely shouldn't take anything away from him. Piotr Jan looked incredible, and whenever he faces Aljamain, Aljamain's getting finished. <laughs> and then it's setting up a Jan Dillashaw, like greatest bantamweight of all time, championship fight. Yeah, and that I'm excited for. I mean, Corey Sandhagen looked literally as good as you could be, as good as he could be. You know, he apparently has a chin of steel. He was only he was dropped once, but that was to a spinning back fist high kick super combo that <laughs> that Jan threw at him. I'm not so I'm not even taking anything away from Sandhagen. But the boxing was incredible. The defense was incredible. His strength, Sandhagen went for takedowns. Every single one was stuffed effortlessly. Jan just looked better in every aspect of the fight. I want to go back to our previous podcast, our most previous podcast of pound-for-pound rankings. After seeing this fight, where does Jan sit in your rankings? So high. 
I don't have the I don't have the list in front of me. Do you? I do. Let me see. <laughs> he he made uh, himself look like easily the best bantamweight, and oh, it's I really by far don't know who can be. So he's thirteen right now. Oh, this is before the rankings have updated. Right, right in the Bl- UFC up right. rankings, they have Blahovich still at seven, but I. I so higher than that, higher than seven. Yes, he hmm. remember he should be the, the champion. undisputed I champion. I know I he know. should be. So we have to take that into account. Um, remember, so I'd move Francis to five. Poirier, I'm just looking at it because John Jones shouldn't be there. Francis to uh, four, Poirier to five. It would put it would put Jan at six at the least. Wow, I think. Yeah, that was it. Was a completely dominant performance, even though Sandhagen won round one and maybe another. I'm not. I'm not quite sure, but um, Peter Jan was definitely just on a different level that night. I really hope Dillashaw, because he the fight of Dillashaw and Sandhagen was a lot. I wouldn't say a lot closer, but like it was closer, noticeably closer than the Jan. Sandhagen fight. So I hope Dillashaw was just dusting off some of the rust and that this Jan Dillashaw fight is going to be just insane. I know I'm anticipating a little early after the Aljamain fight, but yeah, I just don't have I don't have a lot of hope. And you, you know what I'm excited for? If Jan beats Dillashaw and then everyone will say, "Oh, Jan is the best man in weight ever." You know that who that's going to bring out at a retirement? Henry Cejudo. <laughs> oh. A Jan Cejudo <laughs> fight would be incredible. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Olympian wrestler. One of the greatest of all time. I mean, a, a, a double champ defended both belts against Jan. Oh, incredible. I, incredible I press conferences when he makes the pillow of Jan <laughs> and punts it into the crowd. <laughs> oh, I, that's that'll happen eventually at some stage. And then moving on to the main event. Which I guess is it. We shouldn't say it's too surprising because we knew how good Glover Teixeira was, but to actually see a 42-year-old accomplish light heavyweight gold and and beat Blahovich, it seemed effortlessly. He was he was never in trouble at all in the whole fight, and he no. he's the one that rocked Jan, um, almost dropped him, and then he said it before the fight. He said he will take Jan down, no questions asked. He will be able to take him down. He did he it did. twice easily. Um, so credit to Glover. I mean, that's a huge accomplishment for him. He's the second oldest champion ever. Um, and I, I mean, I hope he defends it, but I'm, I also wouldn't mind if he retired at this point. He has, he's had such a long and great career that you have to, you're not a real champion unless you defend the belt. You, oh, you don't think so? No. Well, he's got a young up and coming, Yuri coming up. I know that's that's exciting. That's the next one for him though, for sure. I would love to get into the Paulo Costa debates at the light heavyweight and think <laughs> if your thoughts on if he could be a contender, but I know we probably don't have enough time for that. Not on this uh, podcast, but in short, I will say that I, I, I think Glover would be Paulo at this point in time, probably, just because his takedown seem. I don't know if it's his weight distribution. I know people talked about uh, Khabib a lot in that regard, that he, could, he was always way heavier on top of his opponents on the ground, which made him such a dominant wrestler. And mm-hmm. I think Glover does that same um, job really well. Um, but that fight against Yuri will be interesting because Yuri's a f- super flashy striker, but Jan's a great striker. I mean, he beat Israel. So was Glover just going to be able to take Yuri down? I don't know. Yeah. We'll have to see. Very, very interesting. 
I will close this podcast by asking Joey if his favorite UFC fighter, Israel, tried to get the double champ again, would he beat Glover? No. Good. I think that's the correct answer. I think answer. if Jan was able to take down Izzy with that much ease, especially in the later rounds, and Glover was able to take Jan down with that much yeah, ease, I'm, Glover would just be way too much for Izzy on the ground. I mean, how strong must Glover be at 42 <laughs> it, to do yeah, that? He's got that. He's got that old man strength. Oh, for sure. I don't know where that strength comes from, but he has it. He has all of it. <laughs> all right, but uh, <laughs> thank you for listening. As always. UFC 268 next Saturday. I'm excited to talk about that one shortly. But thank you for listening. Have a good one.